If your AC is blowing hot air, let O'Reilly Auto Parts help bring back the cool this summer. While you may need to eventually service your AC unit, get immediate relief with Interdynamics Arctic Freeze R134A refrigerant with leak sealer for $32.99. O'Reilly Auto Parts. Better parts, better prices every day. Limit supply. See store for details. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. Blog Talk Radio. Lucis Trust, a non-profit, non-political, and non-sectarian organization on the roster of the Economic and Social Council of the United Nations, and concerned with the establishment of world cooperation and goodwill, presents Inner Sight with your host, Robert Anderson. He, with Sarah and Dale McKechnie, President and Vice President of Lucis Trust, will discuss philosophical and spiritual topics essential to everyday life. Now here's your host, Robert Anderson. Welcome. Inner Sight is simply seeing that which is always present, but not yet fully recognized. You have, within you, the ability to see yourself and the world around you in a new way, with new eyes. So, stay with us, and together, we'll look at the world and ourselves with inner sight. Our topic for today, Karma, Retribution or a Blessing, Part 2. Before we explore this topic, I'd like to say a few words about Alice Bailey, founder of the Lucis Trust. Lucis Trust sponsors this show. And Alice Bailey wrote 24 books of esoteric philosophy, and those 24 books are the main inspiration for the dialogue that you'll hear on this show. The following thought is also from the works of Alice Bailey. The law of karma is the most stupendous law of the solar system, and one which is impossible for the average person to comprehend in any way. Now, during the last show, uh, you said something intriguing to me, and you talked about how negative, that one might be able to uh, avert negative karma, and I got the feeling that one might do that by taking on the Christ consciousness and thereby uh, changing negative karma and perhaps even creating good karma. But can karma be dropped like that? Uh, According to Alice Bailey, yes. She said, as to karma, what man has made, he can unmake. This is oft forgotten. She said, karma isn't a hard and fast rule. It's changeable according to man's attitude and desire. It is the presenting of the opportunity to change. And the supreme change that will offset past karma is the capacity to love. She said love brings all earthly karma to an end. And the Christ consciousness is the the expression of love. Christ being the perfection of the soul in manifestation. And that perfection is best expressed through love. Elsewhere, Alice Bailey said that harmlessness is the major agent for the offsetting of karma. And harmlessness is an expression of of a really deepened love nature because it's the state of, of being where one 
is no longer setting in motion new karma. One is in perfect alignment, one could say, with the soul when one is harmless. One isn't committing any thought or word or deed that is out of alignment with the soul's intention, which is always to serve the good of the whole. Right, and it's following that, um, or uh, trying to attain that Christ consciousness that, as you say, will eventually uh, bring about a liberation from this, uh, not only from the whole cycle of incarnations of life after life, but liberation from the material realm altogether. Uh, And that's kind of the goal, to uh, set one's one's path. At the end of the path is this eventual liberation. And so that's that's why I think the the law of karma uh, affects mostly the physical realm because one needs this state of balance to keep coming back to this state of balance which the law of karma uh, initiates and insists on so that one can progress. Uh, One learns all these lessons along the way of uh, how to uh, achieve a state of balance in one's life and harmony and uh, so that out of that all those little lessons we learn the big lesson of of love essentially and is love that uh, eventually brings about liberation I suppose you're right because um, mm-hmm. Alice Bailey said the objective of karmic law is to bring the opposite pole of spirit which is matter into strict conformity with the requirements of spirit so that matter and form can perfectly express spirit the union of spirit and matter mm-hmm. is the objective of karmic law, that can only be fulfilled on the physical plane. Right, and that can only be fulfilled where there is this state of balance, where mm-hmm. there is a, a harmony between spirit, pure spirit, and, and material substance at the lower end, uh, which are, according to the ageless wisdom, is all one and the same. And but, uh, excuse me, the, the, once one achieves the state of balance, that is the objective. And to bring that about requires that we pay attention, that we are observant of everything we do in the outer world, the thoughts we think, the words we speak, the actions and choices we take. All of this has to do with the world of form. It isn't just the things we build with our hands, but we are creating thought forms and energy forms constantly by the quality of our desires, our choices, our intentions. And it is said that once one transcends or or works his or her way beyond this realm of form, then one is liberated from karma, from uh, the effects of the law of karma. And uh, one is liberated from the whole cycle of uh, lifetimes. There's been an interesting development in recent years with the idea of harmlessness and the um, correct addressing of karma in something called the Innocence Project, which was started, I think, by a Protestant minister in New Jersey who was concerned about all the 
wrongly convicted people in prison, some of them on death row, some of them no longer on death row because they've been executed, but there are many people in prison apparently that were innocent of the crimes for which they were convicted. And just recently a man was released after, what, 25 years? Yes, and something they, like that, yeah. 26 God, years, I think. <laughs> can you imagine? Thank goodness for DNA testing, which can solve a lot of these um, um, crimes that people are accused of. That's why there's been more of um, uh, attention focused on, on getting these people released. But that's, in a sense, related to karma. We don't know why these people were convicted, because they are innocent. Why? And you can drive yourself crazy trying to think why innocent people would have to pay a price like that. But we don't know. In fact, in the Bible, somebody raised that question of Jesus. He said, Master, who did sin, this man or his parents? Speaking of somebody who was blind, was that a sin he did? Or was it his parents' sin that made this man blind, that he was born without sight? And Jesus answered, Neither hath this man sinned nor his parents but that the works of God should be made manifest in him. That makes me think that sometimes karmic situations like blindness or imprisonment when one has done no wrong aren't just the simple paying of some past bad deed, but the opportunity for the soul or for the works of God to find some new avenue of expression. Maybe the blind person that the person was asking Jesus about didn't sin at all, but the blindness gave him an opportunity to learn certain certain wisdom about life that he couldn't have learned without having experienced blindness. Yeah, I, I think we we see that in quite often in um, well, I'm, it always tend to go back to Helen Keller. Mm-hmm. And the experience of her life was she not only was blind, but she was could not hear. Deaf and mute. <clears throat> Deaf and mute, and yet she uh, she conquered all of that and was able to uh, rise above it all and, and learn to speak, in fact, and communicate. And so I think probably that was a, a real test that her soul put uh, in front of her and uh, she came through, I, I would say, with flying colors. And I find it really unsatisfactory to just think, well, she was paying the price for some really bad past history. It's yeah. just too bad and too simple. Uh, it's much more complex, like our opening thought said. It's one which is impossible for the average person to comprehend in any way. It's extremely subtle. But I don't think it should invoke fear in us, or that just brings all the the joy and the creativity out of life. Right, and we don't understand it, but because it also works through nations, mm-hmm. there is a thing called national karma and uh, whole regional karma. And I'm thinking it's mentioned in in the Bailey books about uh, the effects of World War One and World War Two cleared away a lot of karma in the European nations. And you see the results of that. They have taken the opportunity to create a great change there. And all the nations have come together in a union. 
and which didn't exist before because of the attitudes that were holding the, the, the efforts to change that was being held back. And so the war happened, a lot was cleared away, and uh, people grasped the opportunity to really make a change. So there is this thing called national karma, where everybody is caught up in the in the, in the um, effects of the sins of the past for the whole nation. But does it mean that each of those individuals who is experiencing the effects of that national karma is responsible for it? This was a question that was brought up a lot uh, after September 11th when, as I mentioned in our last broadcast, uh, uh, someone from New Zealand said, well, we all thought, what did they expect? Well, if you're one of those who suffered, um, you didn't expect to die that day. There were innocent people going off to work like they always did who were not responsible for any national or foreign policy. In fact, a lot of the people who died in the Trade Center were themselves foreign nationals. How could you hold them responsible for American foreign policy? It's too pat to just say, well, you belong to the wrong group and you pay that price. If that were so, all of the Soviet Union would be dead. All of, um, what, China for its bad past history of uh, um, torture and uh, famine and all of Britain when it was an empire. I mean, every nation almost has a karmic history to deal with. So how do we explain the people that are members of those societies paying that price? Um, you're asking me? I am asking you. <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe we should <laughs> come back after the break and maybe I'll have an answer. Maybe, uh, maybe that's a redundant question. Uh, <laughs> for those people who just tuned in, you're listening to Inner Sight. And our topic for today, karma. Retribution or Blessing, Part 2. And uh, I have a complaint out there about the audience. Uh, uh, some of you are not pulling your own weight. Well, some of you are pulling more than your own weight because we got a donation for $1,000 recently, which is going to help us towards the radio show that we're concerned about because in a couple of months our contract is up. And usually by this time we've gotten donations that make it possible for us to foresee that we're going to be going on the air. Again, for another year, but uh, this year we're, uh, the program, the show is in jeopardy, and we hope you can help us out. So those people who are pulling their own weight and more by making those donations, uh, we really appreciate it, and I don't know what more to say. It's uh, We love doing the show, and many of you seem to enjoy it. We have audiences, uh, an audience of thousands and thousands of people out there, and we came up with the scenario that if uh, 2,000 of you and uh, there are many thousand, as I said. If 2,000 of you contributed $100, uh, we would be able to meet the expenses of this show for the following year. So far, we've got people who have contributed, but we have a long way to go. So those people not pulling your own weight who enjoy this show every week and uh, have sent letters in, and we appreciate those letters. It uh, really helps us, and we know that we're uh, impacting people in a very positive way, but uh, if you've sent those letters and you appreciate this show and want it to continue, please uh, help us out in this time of need so we can continue continue doing this show that shows that um, uh, the theme of most of them is uh, developing spiritual values within your own being. And they're all, of course, based on the Alice Bailey book. So please send donations. They are tax deductible and 
Um, send them to Lucis Trust. Lucis is L-U-C-I-S. Lucis Trust, 120 Wall Street, New York, New York, 10005. And, and do remember, uh, the situation is urgent. If we get the donations after we go off the air, well, that, that's not going to help us that much. So send donations, tax-deductible donations to Lucis Trust. Lucis, L-U-C-I-S, Lucis Trust, 120 Wall Street, New York, New York, 10005. Of course, the greatest dream that we have is for some organization, uh, some business perhaps, to underwrite the show, and we'd certainly mention their name every week. And uh, But that would free us of this uh, task that we seem to have of uh, reaching out there for donations if we could find an organization uh, that would do that. And also, they would benefit greatly tax-wise as well. Also, today we have a special offer from Lucis Publishing Company, and that's the Alice Bailey book, Ponder on This, which is a compilation of extracts from all 24 books by Alice Bailey, available for $19, free shipping and handling, if you mention Inner Sight. So what you need to do, if you'd like to take advantage of this uh, offer, is send a check or money order, $19, to Lucis Publishing, 120 Wall Street, New York, New York, 10005. Uh, one move you can make in order to help us with um, uh, getting money and improving our economics so that we can afford this show again for another year is to perhaps to uh, to purchase all 24 books by Alice Bailey. And if you order them from Lucis Trust uh, directly, we'll give you a 10% discount on all the 24 books. Uh, if you need to reach us for any reason whatsoever, you can call us on our toll-free number, which is one 866 Six nine five eight two four seven. That's one eight six 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 nine five eight two four seven. The easy way to remember it is one eight six six N Y Lucis. Think of one eight six six New York Lucis. We have a website and it's www.lucistrust.org. On the home page, you'll find the link to today's program, which will be available for hearing in a day or two. Last week's program is already available, and many of our past programs can also be heard. Once again, it's www.lucistrust.org. And we have to return to our show, Karma, Retribution, or Blessing, Part 2. Uh, I was thinking you had mentioned the uh, in this talk today, uh, Sarandell, about the, uh, the role that desire plays in karma, and I think that during one sh show in the past, you had mentioned that the Buddha had uh, set forth the idea that one of the greatest things that the individual might be able to do for spiritual enlightenment and advancement is to drop all desire. So maybe we can, you can talk with us about the relationship between desire and karma, because certainly Buddha seemed to be in sync with uh, what Alice Bailey was saying. Yes, the quality and the direction of our desires will tell us a lot about the karma we're creating, generating for the future. He warned constantly about uh, the attachment and the clinging, as he put it, that our desires, particularly wrong desires, but desire of all types, creates. There's a, a letting go that we have to strive for. It's not easy but a release, a detachment from, especially from the things of the world of form. And that, I don't mean by that only objects, but um, all of the life on the physical plane, the relationships and objectives and goals that have to do with life on earth, we need to live with more detachment because it's in the pursuit of those desires that 
we set a lot of karma in motion. The place to begin is to start watching the direction of our desires. What is it that we most want? What are we most oriented toward achieving? Is it for us personally? Is it for our loved ones? Is it for humanity? Those are some questions we can ask ourselves. Right, and it's following that that path of desire that um, gets one in in trouble quite often. Um, we we uh, max out your credit card, and um, you know there is kind of instant dis- uh, retribution there because uh, then you lose your your credit rating and all of that, and all because of you following this desire nature to buy up more stuff. And so it does come back on you. And uh, so we have to, as you say, uh, bring the mind more into play, the higher powers of the mind to think through these actions you take before you take them. And uh, maybe a step back and uh, observe what would happen if you um, followed through on a particular act. And so I, th- I think one has to kind of do that more and more. I think um, another aspect of it is to emphasize the creativity of karma rather than seeing it as something that you have to passively just accept. The the weakness, if we could put it that way, of some Eastern doctrines is that it they seem to encourage a kind of fatalistic attitude, it's my fate, it's my karma, when they're in a a horrible situation that nobody should tolerate, that sort of implies that they feel there's nothing creative about life that would help them to work their way out of it or overcome it. The Western attitude, I think, is more along the lines of life is what I make it, I can change the situation, and in that sense, it is more positive. So we are creating our reality by the thoughts we think, the desires we hold, the goals we strive for. We're at the same time living with the effects of what we created in the past. The great law of karma, Alice Bailey said, is energy follows thought. So watch what we think, watch what we desire, watch what we intend, and that's much more subtle. They're guiding motivations that are more subconscious that have to be brought to the surface of awareness and I think this is where meditation can help a great deal morning meditation and then an evening review that traces back the events of the day back to their initiating causes if you can learn to do that you can begin to see how karma works out yes that's that's a good example of um the discipline that is necessary, the mental discipline that is necessary to uh, uh, set aside this whole law of karma. And it can be set aside. It can be uh, transcended uh, quite often. And by following, as we mentioned earlier, uh, by uh, trying to uh, bring forth that soul quality of the Christ consciousness within you is is one good way of setting karma aside. And uh, it also uh, 
it brings up the question, at least in my mind, about can one interfere with karma? In other words, uh, uh, intervene, intervene, or interfere. I mean, uh, I'm thinking, for example, um, oh, an accident where someone's been in an accident and um, accidentally killed. I think that karma has been the karma of that individual in that individual life has been interrupted because the soul has its own plan for that particular life and if it's uh, accidentally the um, accidentally killed then uh, that life has been interrupted and uh, the uh, karma has been interrupted the karmic flow so I think <clears throat> and also there are other cases for example where uh, a dying person, uh, for example, uh, and and the the family wants to hold on for dear life or the the form of that person, and if if it's uh, a case where there is no hope of uh, recovery, then uh, maybe we should just let let the process take care of itself instead of holding on. And there there is a case I think where one is uh, interfering with the karma of that individual who perhaps from the soul's standpoint is his time has come to go on and uh, therefore perhaps we shouldn't uh, interfere with that. I don't know. Those are very hard questions to answer and um, I suppose they're hard because these are the basic um, learning uh, experiences of life on earth. We make mistakes, and we will continue to make mistakes, sometimes for the best of reasons. When you think of uh, medical professionals and teachers and parents, all of them are in positions of great vulnerability when you think about it in terms of creating new karma because they're having to make decisions. They're having to uh, intervene, you could say, in the welfare of another human being, whether it's a patient or a child. Right, and we don't know always the uh, plan of the soul, no. uh, whether it's uh, meant to, uh, the, the dying person is, is meant to just let, let go and not hold on to this form life, because it is just a form life, and uh, from the soul's standpoint, it's only one life, and there will be many, many more to come. I suppose the more one cultivates an awareness or a remembrance that there, as you say, is more to life than just this life in form on earth, and the more one loves, the more one will be able to deal with these questions in the proper way. We have to trust, I think, that there is wisdom available to each of us. Our soul is infinitely wiser than we might imagine and so we shouldn't constantly be thinking oh I'm too ignorant to know what to do but to access that wisdom of the soul we have to cultivate a silence that allows us to hear the voice of the soul we have to cultivate an awareness and remembrance that there is more to life than just this outer form and we have to love more and more that should help us to create better and better karma. Please take advantage of the special offer from Lucis Publishing Company. 
And that's the Alice Bailey book, Ponder on This. Ponder on This is a compilation of extracts from all 24 books by Alice Bailey. It's now available for $19. Free shipping handling if you mention that you heard about the offer on our show, Inner Sight. So what you need to do is send a check or money order, $19, to Lucis Publishing, Lucis, L-U-C-I-S, Lucis Publishing, 120 Wall Street, New York, New York, 10005. That's Lucis Publishing, 120 Wall Street, New York, New York, 10005. And request ponder on this. You've been listening to Inner Sight. Now we would like to close with a world prayer called The Great Invocation. It's a call for light and love and goodwill to flow into the world and into our hearts. Let's listen for a moment to these powerful words. From the point of light within the mind of God, let light stream forth into human minds. Let light descend on earth. From the point of love within the heart of God, let love stream forth into human hearts. May the coming one return to earth. From the center where the will of God is known, let purpose guide all little human wills, the purpose which the masters know and serve. From the center which we call the human race, let the plan of love and light work out, and may it seal the door where evil dwells. Let light and love and power restore the plan on earth. is blowing hot air, let O'Reilly Auto Parts help bring back the cool this summer. While you may need to eventually service your AC unit, get immediate relief with Interdynamics Arctic Freeze R134A refrigerant with leak sealer for $32.99. O'Reilly Auto Parts. Better parts, better prices every day. Limit supply. See store for details. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. If your A.C. is blowing hot air, let O'Reilly Auto Parts help bring back the cool this summer. While you may need to eventually service your A.C. unit, get immediate relief with Interdynamics Arctic Freeze R134A refrigerant with leak sealer for $32.99. O'Reilly Auto Parts. Better parts, better prices every day. Limit supply. See store for details. Oh, oh, oh.